Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry. And if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a beggar. Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison Musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears in season three. Yeah, we have a three-year-old baby here, Ben. Congratulations, <laughs> you're a papa once again. <laughs> Where there's some toddling going on yeah. for certain. Uh, we maybe have dry pants. Yeah. Speak for yourself, of course. Uh, Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast that you're listening to, and we'd like to thank you for joining us. If you've been with us that long or if this is the first time you're listening, it's appreciated. Should we call it all new just in the hopes that everything in 2021 will have a air of newness? Well, let's talk about that in a little bit. Let's talk about what the podcast is about right now. In each episode, we bring in a guest in that we talk about real estate, of course. People smarter than we are. Exactly. We also discuss the news headlines of the day when they appear uh, to relate to real estate. We recap the highest, the lowest, the lowest, the highest price sales in the relatively most recent month in Dane County. Give you some information like a top of the hour tip and a market update as well. From some of our friends at Lauer Realty Group, we again surrounding ourselves with people like them, smarter than we are. And one of those people, of course, is Phil Plort. President of Blimling and Associates, a division of Dairy.com and host the Dairy Focus podcast. The Dairy Download. He's holding on to that name? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. I mean, be consistent if you're going to be. It is also all new. And of course, we feature uh, local music from artists right here in the 608. We are your host. My name is Adam. I'm a homeowner, teacher, uh, user experience architect at UW-Madison, and a former radio personality here in Madison as well. I'm Ben Anton. I'm a real estate broker, I'm a landlord, and I'm, I'm a former radio advertising salesperson. That's right. And that's how we got to actually to know each other. We never talked about our backstory. Yeah. So if you'd is, like but... some commercials to run <laughs> during the all-new Real Estate in the 608, just give me a call. That's right. And if you'd like news, traffic, and weather together, I can help out with that as well. <laughs> Maybe we'll get you some live reads, Adam. <laughs> there we go. You don't want to know my rates, though, for them. Our guest uh, in studio this week, Jessica Rippenberg. Former real estate agent and, and mother hen of Roost Realty. If you ever seen those signs around the I town, think I have, yeah. uh, she was one of the one of the founders of that branch. We'll talk about her first home and her entree into landlording, but then also how she helps people get the bad out of their new homes as a shamanic practitioner. What's been going on since last time, Ben? Since last time, uh, New Year's means new buyers. Lots of fresh mm-hmm. starts. A whole slew of them, uh, for, for those of you interested in knowing, new buyers include, but not limited to, Seesaw Front Woman, or I wrote here, Seesaw Front Left Woman, Meg, and, <laughs> and her beau Caleb have just started their home search. So maybe something exciting will happen uh, along the way. I uh, hope you get them from front lawn space where they can create a seesaw. In their front lawn as well. If we found a house with a seesaw, I'd be like, this is kismet. That's the one. And there is a, here's a, a little, uh, this is kind of an accountability post. There is a new BenAnton.com in the works. Yeah. So now you've got to make it real. <laughs> so start a, start asking about that. But uh, as much as I know people are listening. All of our two listeners, yeah. I have, I struggle to think that people are actually listening because last episode, <laughs> for Christmas, for God's sake, I asked for some reviews at iTunes. Uh-huh. And? Not. Not a one. Not a one. It's holidays. People are doing things. So here I am again. Accountability post for you. Leave a review. Yeah, it's always good to ask. It's not bad to ask. Please. All right. So it's been going on since last time for me. The realization that when we turn the month on the calendar or the new day in the week, it doesn't mean that our problems go away. And certainly the issues of 2020 have carried over into 2021. So let's work together on some of these things. Yeah. It, and speaking about the, the problems of 2020, maybe that is a good good segue into the headlines. Yeah. Let's talk about what's going on from the headlines. <laughs> Going to the bar with the money from a jar Walking there because I'll have a problem with the car Gonna take a sip, gonna take a little trip Gonna purchase tea and whiskey, gonna leave a big tip 
from the headlines, maybe some scale, some bookending, some backing up a little bit. 31 State Street businesses are, are closing for good mm-hmm. uh, since the beginning of the pandemic in, in March. I wanted to think, well, what, what's the good economic news? Because that's certainly not good. Uh, unemployment numbers, uh, that's something that Phil would normally talk about, but here we go. I'll try. This Best of luck. Really just going to share three numbers. <laughs> but unemployment uh, pre-COVID, uh, last March, 5%. Uh, following month had shot up nine, nine percentage points, 147 and now we're back down to 6.7. So like big picture, our economy did not crumble, but we still have to worry about everybody because there's a lot of people that these that these stories, two stories don't talk about. Yeah, exactly. So when you hear these numbers and you think about things that are good or bad, remember that your good and bad might not be someone else's. Yeah, that's true. That's a good thing to think about. All right, let's talk about the lows and highs. Lowest, not that low. $150,000, you think you could buy a better house than this, right? 645 square feet. That is not much larger not a big than house. our tiniest house of all last year. Yep. This one is at, uh, is at Marquette, just about Marquette and the Avenue. Oh. Which is like one block, two blocks south of Taco Bell. So there's, there's part of your discount there. That's a, that's a great discount on tacos, like the cost of purchase. <laughs> Um, is and it the, written into the lease? Did you get low, <laughs> low price tacos? No, it's just you're so close like that. The cost of acquisition is low because you literally can be there in a minute. You uh, could anyway, potentially put tacos in a lease and it might be a selling point. Two, 248 <laughs> North Marquette Street, $150,000, uh, closed the 4th of, of January. Uh, interesting, I thought that it that in 10 years ago, it sold for 75 So it doubled in value in 10 years. All right, what about the highest? Normally, you don't, you don't hear me getting all like, Ooh, no, but you sent you sent me a link to this I place. Set, before, I sent you a link, to and this I looked one. at it, and I'm like, "Wow, beautiful!" Because that's house. like, should I live there? I know. And at, at only 1.38 million, yeah, there's that 135 North Prospect app that's up up in up in the uh, University Heights. Okay, right? mm-hmm. this is across the street, kind of a, just across the street, around the corner from the Chancellor's house. Anybody you ever get up there? Mm, nope. She doesn't. I work there, but she doesn't invite me to her house. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the chancellor's house is on this like giant, what would have been like the lot of like eight or nine houses. It's oh, big. Okay. And the road wraps around. It's probably probably Prospect Avenue wraps around a Chamberlain. And it's this giant house with stone fences all around it. It's beautiful. I can envision it. Yeah. Right? And you saw the house that we're talking about right. across, yeah, yeah. across the street. 135 North Prospect. Closed uh, last day of the year, 1230. Uh, four beds, five baths. 4,500 square feet. So it's not very big. And I thought... I could, I thought, you know, like in my dreams, I could live there. But then I thought, no, Ben, in your dreams, you would not pay these property taxes. $2,600 a month in property taxes. That's $31,000 a year. Now, I normally don't even think about that. more than people's salaries. When we talk, (laughs) when we talk about the other expensive houses, I don't, I didn't even think this far into it because I don't want to live there. No. I don't want to live in these super expensive houses. But this house in Madison, mill rate 2.34%. Let's talk to Lindsay about that. <laughs> Lindsay is the alder. If we were keeping it for those who are keeping it up at home, um, all I gotta say is you, you want police and fire, right? Yes, but <laughs> does it cost that much more to put out my house? I don't, I don't um, know. Do, do, with the real estate calculator in your head, one point three million. What's like a mortgage on that? Just like ballpark. So if you're yeah. on a million, that's four thousand dollars right there. Aye. Like it's a month. So let's 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 sit about <laughs> about thirty percent down your payment. With taxes, going to be six grand a month. Oof. <laughs> Cheapest was on the market for one day. That expensive $1.38 million took 28 days to sell. Ooh. I mean, that is a look at the lows and highs. Our in-studio guest is coming up in just a moment here. And before we'll do that, let's head to the top of the art tip. We'll get some local advice from one of our Lauer Realty Group agents on how to improve your home or investment property ownership experience. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, 
and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. It's time for the top of the hour tip. And on the phone with us, Lauer Realty Group agent and highly anticipated February Real Estate in the 608 guest, (laughs) Asher Messino. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me on. So the top of the hour tip this time, while this might not be an option in a tight seller's market, and even harder to evaluate in the fewer daylight hours of winter. If you buy a house on the sunny side of the street, you'll end up shoveling less snow. So understanding your potential home's relationship to the sun can actually add value as it relates to uses like gardening or backyard enjoyment as well. While the sun may not show itself much in January, make sure that you and your new house are ready for it when it does. That's fantastic. Thanks for shining light on that potential issue. Listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Find us online in the 608.com and Facebook as well at in the 608. Ben, it's time to talk about the house that Rhonda bought. We paused this story for a little bit. We paused this but story. We're revisiting. Because we got repetitive. Why are we revisiting now? Because maybe progress is being made. <laughs> okay, tell us. Like so there was the house to tear down and and it's still there. No one has torn down the house yet. And that is our goal. Like like so there, there has been a, a proposal has been accepted for the tearing down of this house. One of the things we're learning is that it is super busy right now. Everybody's working. It is hard to get a contractor. It is hard mm-hmm. to get something torn mm-hmm. down, just as hard to get something built. Another, we're shining lights today on like inequity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhonda is a woman, you may have guessed. Um, and she has several times had to lean on me to like, Ben, can you rattle that cage for me? Because it is difficult for her in some situations to get the respect and attention that she deserves and needs to move the project forward. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that sexism still exists. And like when you have groups and organizations such as some of the trades, some of that does exist in there. I know some of our past guests who have um, been women who have taken on their own home improvement projects. They've spoken favorably to the people they've talked, but they also kind of like vet the the contractors that they're working with. And, yeah, and to they understand to like this yeah. person. And and what's, what's unfortunate is that she found, uh, I think it was Urso Brothers. We'll give a tip of the hat to them. They engaged with us both. And were equally responsive and, and, and sounded like super friendly people. And they put together a proposal and we got it. And she's like, oh, this is looking good. She calls them up January 4th and is like, hey, Brad, let's go forward with this proposal. He goes, oh, geez, I just got like seven people just called and we're booked through the year. Oh, wow. So those are the highlights of the house that Rhonda built. All right, why don't we take a break, and we'll bring in our guest, Jessica Rippenberg, who's a shamanic practitioner and house cleaner. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He has been Anton directly across the table from me. And on the phone, we are bringing in our guest in studio today, Jessica Rippenberg, um, who's got uh, several titles. Welcome, Jessica, for one. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. You founded Roost Realty in Madison. You worked in the real estate area. And you are also part of Be the Light Shamanic Healing. Welcome again, Jessica. It's, we're glad you're here today. The way we usually start things out is we have some questions because we want to know something. We want to find out, Jessica, if you're fun. Yeah, and there, I like it. There's just one way to find out, Ben. We got to play a game called The Way It Used to Be. There used to be, there used to be, there used to be, there used to be, used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway, swinging every tree. People can't stop talking about the way things used to be. Uh, in honor of Alex Trebek's passing and, and his last episode airing on NBC last week, answers will be in the form of a question. Can you <laughs> handle it? All right. Yeah, uh, I'm going to. I'm if going you to do my if you hear the bell, you have questioned appropriately. <laughs> question one: <laughs> This real estate agent 
showed your 1000 block of East Dayton Street apartment to a prospective buyer shortly before you vacated it in 2010 to buy your first home. You know, it's, it is too easy. Who is Ben Anton? <laughs> well done. Well done. That's one up Good. on the board. In the, okay, now here, the, now we mentioned your first home at Eakin Park. So we're going to go that direction. In the, no, first, okay. in the first wave of Near East Side gentrification, this former Williamson Street Social Club made its way to the Eakin Park neighborhood before the building it occupied became the home of the North Street Cabaret. Ooh, yeah. What, what was the Grieg Club? Is that, am I saying that right? Grieg? Grieg. The Grieg Club. Oh. The Grieg, the Grieg Club. Chorus yeah. Club. To be yes. exact, I don't. Well done. Yeah, I don't know how much singing was going on there in the final years, but established as the Grieg Chorus Club, it operated out of the um, what is now Red Sage Health Building, just mm. adjacent the Williamson, uh, the Willie Street Co-op parking lot. There. All right, two out of three, sixty-six percent fun. One more now. This is going to take us a little bit further back for you, Jessica, perhaps to your home as a child, mm-hmm. right? With its first two locations in Bryce Lake and Osseo, Wisconsin, there was a third location recently added in DeForest. This restaurant and bakery serves both Norwegian and American standards, as well as homemade pies. Oh, you're going too easy on me. <laughs> what, what is the Norsky Nook? <laughs> that is correct. Norsky Nook, and we, and we know that Jessica Rippenberg, shamanic healer, is fun. Oh, yeah, that's right. Three for three. Well done. (laughs) Excellent work. We're going to take a break for the market update, and we'll be back with some questions for Jessica Rippenberg from Be The Light Shamanic Healing. Boy, I want to keep you. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608. It's time for the market update in with today's market update. My favorite Lauer Realty Group agent of the day. Asher Messino. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. We are all hoping 2021 is going to be a little different. Some things, though, uh, it looks like they'll be the same. While it's a bit early to tell, many signs are pointing to another year of tight inventory and escalating prices with new buyers entering the market every day. There's no doubt that the pandemic and extra time at home has left many wishing they had more space and for renters, just more control over their environments. With interest rates remaining at an all-time low, home ownership may be the answer to a lot of these questions, though. Looking at annual trends, there is still time to get out and into the market before Madison prices peak in July. Thank you much, Asher. And we look forward to seeing you or hearing you next month in the February Valentine's Love, Death, and Divorce Meet Real Estate episode. Thanks, Ben. I'm looking forward to it, too. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Find us online at inthe608.com on Facebook at in the 608 My name is Adam Elliott. Uh, he is Ben Anton. Our in-studio guest today is Jessica Rippenberg, uh, founder of Roost Realty and Be the Light Shamanic Healing. Jessica, thank you again for being with us today. You have proved you are a fun person to be around. Well, thank you. God, <laughs> I always wondered. Now, I now you have proof. We'll send you the certificate in the mail. So, Jessica, help help me remember, because I literally can't. Um, how did we get here today? Well, so we ran into each other at the Eakin Park Fest. The last time that it happened, I think you and I just got to talking and I said, yeah, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing this now. And you said, oh, it might be interesting to have like a Halloween edition. And da, da, da. But it's because because part of what you do 
can very easily overlay real estate. Yes, yeah, because um, part of the work that I do is around uh, clearing space and uh, bringing in the energy that you want to imbue your home or your workplace or you know whatever your space is with. So, so that's 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 the easy tie-in, and here we are at the beginning of the year, the beginning of a year we all hope will be new. And different, and that's why that's so we're talking about the real estate as it relates to to energy and and the and the house clearing opportunities, but also then thinking about it as an opportunity to start our new year fresh. Yeah, Ben, ben Jessica, you were part of this conversation, but Ben and I earlier were talking about like, yep, the the calendar and the year rolls over, but sometimes the problems stick around until you <laughs> do something about them, right? <laughs> I said, yeah. this is super cheesy, but I said it to Christina, my girlfriend, last, and she probably doesn't like it. But if you're not changing, you're choosing. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Say that, say that to that. your loved one yeah. a few times and see how many times, <laughs> see how long it gets for an eye roll. <laughs> you were in real estate. You were like me. I was like you, yeah. One thing you also did, which I thought was an interesting point, is that because several of our guests got into their first home in the same way, your first home was a two-flat. Yeah. You know, when I was preparing to purchase my, my first home, I had been in real estate for like two years, and I was 28. I was a single mom, and, you know, I had my daughter when I was... 19 and I was raised by a single mom who was 18 when she had me you know and we came from a farming family so you know money was always scarce but just like my family had always done uh, I always found a way to make things work so when I wanted to buy my first home the two flat you know was like a good way to keep my expenses really low no, that's good. I think, I mean, this is, we have found that this is a pattern of a lot of people get into real estate. They start off with the, the, the two flat scenario. So you, so you, 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 you found your way into real estate. You were able to make a great buy in 2010. Uh, you might mm-hmm. not have realized at the time, the great buy that you were making, but then you were able to, you actually grew a little bit in your real estate ownership. How, how did that come? I guess living well within my means with that two flat, it definitely afforded me the ability to make more investments. It was, it's of course a snowball effect, right? Those treated me well. And eventually that afforded me the freedom to make this big career change. It all unfolded really nicely. I mean, it was not easy. It was, it was very challenging, of course, but it was worth it. And it worked for me. Did you both buy and then sell all of your rental property, or do you retain any of it aside from your residence? Well, we actually sold them all. We had a, a single family, a four unit, a 12 unit, and a duplex. And then, wow. yeah, my daughter, you know, graduated last year. And my plan was always to move on from Madison. So it just kind of made sense with the market and stuff to prepare then, prepare now, I guess. The market's still good, I suppose. It would be hard. I was thinking it would be harder for someone to follow the same advice that that you and I did uh, in in the idea that just prices are so high right now. Mm-hmm. You were smart and you sold a bunch of things and you made a good amount of money. I, I have yet to sell anything and I, and I, I fear the day that I have to. It's like that. It's, I'm a bit more of a hoarder or a collector than, I mean. Well, it sounds like you shouldn't fear that. I mean, people make moves like that. Jessica did, too. And it rewarded her with a new career. And it, or the opportunity to try to press pause and yeah. have the freedom to pursue something new. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. His name is Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. You can find us online at inthe608.com. Our in-studio guest today is Jessica Rippenberg. She is a shamanic practitioner, uh, owner of Be The Light Shamanic Healing. Uh, Jessica, once again, thanks for being here. Um, We talked about how you started, I don't know if you started your career in real estate, but certainly that was part of your career, and that helped you get into what you're doing right now. My first question right off the bat, what does a shamanic practitioner do? I I help people shed old energy, beliefs, attachments, limitations, things that keep them from living their empowered selves. And, um, you know, we've all experienced traumas and challenges in life that 
take away pieces of us. And, you know, this really impacts how we show up in the world for ourselves and for others. So shamanic work is about restoring balance. It's about retrieving those pieces of ourselves and fully stepping into your power and your voice so that you can be the best, the best version for you and for your loved ones and for your community. I got to imagine the place where you live is a significant part of what you might help with. Yeah, absolutely. In the, yeah, and that you want it to be as restorative or yeah, as... Yeah, right. I mean, the home is your, your space where you go part of, from... Part of the solution versus part of the problem. I wonder, Ben, like when you take somebody to go look at a house and they're thinking of interested in buying, like there's probably there's like a feeling that you might have. You're like, hmm, this place seems to match well with what I want. Like, have you've had that experience where, sure. pe- where people have said like, yay, nay, I don't know. I'm getting a good or I'm getting a bad vibe. Yesterday, I showed front left woman from Seesaw a house on Melrose. It was clearly that of an elderly woman, uh, like a, gra- a grandma house, but it had seen good care. It probably hadn't seen a whole lot of updating since the 1970s, but it had a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, like because, and that feeling to me is imagining the life of the people who had lived there and, and what was going on in the, and the house had been added on to, to accommodate more family. There was a, but to me, the energy is, helps me imagine mm-hmm. the history and, and the lives that were lived there. It's, you know, you, yeah, you might be a little bit sensitive to energy. Yeah. Then my question to you, Jessica, is like, is is that kind of like feeling? Is that what you're is that what you're touching on? We're just talking about the, the living space, how one feels about that. I mean, I think it's like how you feel in the space. So um, I don't know if you've had this experience where you, you know, spend some time in a space, either you're living there or you're, you know, at an Airbnb or something for three days and you just kind of get this feeling of like, you know, oh, this is really calm or I don't know, I just feel kind of anxious, you know? So I would say, yeah, like Ben is definitely probably picking up on some star. At the same time, though, when I'm imagining a shit show of a history, um, I still, I also feel like I have the the skill and the, the skill to like, physically change the space to a point that it erases the emotional or spiritual stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. With shamanism, we we practice ceremony. We do a lot of ceremony. And, um, you know, when it comes to clearing a space of energy or imbuing a space with new energy, it's, um, you know, there's multiple parts to the process. So part of that is using your intention and actually creating a ceremony where you are calling in the energy that you want. And then the other part of that is exactly what you're talking about, Ben, is like your action needs to align with your intention. So, you know, if if my intention is to create like a sanctuary in my home, but I let you know, clutter, sit around, my actions are not aligned, right? My actions need to be in alignment with the intention. So, um, you know, you're, you're touching on that part and that's a very important part and they work together. You said like, if there's a ghost, you need to call a professional. Is that you or is there, or is that like above your pay grade or like (laughs) you said it, you said it in a way that made me think like that, that wasn't necessarily you. Oh yeah. So, okay. I've done it. I've done it a little bit. I've had success. It's not my favorite thing to do just because I have my favorite things and they just make my heart sing. I can do it. I would do it if somebody, you know, if we had a long chat and it felt good, but otherwise I might refer someone to another practitioner that really specializes in that sort of clearing. Come a little bit closer. Someone who is a shamanic practitioner does not mean they are a shaman. A shaman is typically going to be like a, a person in their indigenous community that lives, eats, breathes, sleeps shamanism and the ceremony and the spirituality and everything that goes with it. Um, whereas a shamanic practitioner such as myself, 
Um, we live in the modern society and are very much engaged in like the modern, you know, Western world. But we also use these practices for, you know, you can be a shamanic practitioner using uh, the practices just for yourself or for others to help others. Is taking on the role of a shamanic practitioner, is it okay for a for a white lady in Madison to, to mess with this stuff? Is that... I mean, the, the concern is like the appropriation of that. Do you feel that that's there? You know, shamanism is, it's been practiced for at least 50,000 years in every culture around the world. So there's no um, one place or one culture that it belongs to. It's in everyone's genetics to some extent, right? Um, And shamanism, it's it's all about um, being in balance and being in honor with the earth, with the elements, with all of creation, with the animals and, you know, the land, the mountains, the water, with each other. And it's about, you know, honoring ourselves and honoring all of these, all of these beings. So, um, you know, it's a very powerful practice. It's very empowering. And it also kind of shifts the way that you look at the world and it aligns you with being a better person and showing up as your very best version of yourself for everyone, for the planet. So. I think that it's important to just be careful about using the terminology correctly, knowing your boundaries. A lot of the things you're, you're commenting remind me of a, a brief several days that I spent at a reservation in, uh, in Todd County, South Dakota with, a, with my group of, uh, it was a place where, where, where Christians go to, to atone for the, for the wrongs of their predecessors, kind of like a, mm-hmm. we're going yeah. to come here and, and help you without judgment. Because we we did as corporate corporately Christians were not kind to your people, uh, mm-hmm. so so I was there and uh, and was able to experience a sweat a sweat ceremony and mm-hmm. and then and then to, and then ever since then and it was it was with reverence and it was it was a big deal um, and and a very you know like this clearly. Uh, a part of their culture that was to be respected. It's like respecting boundaries. Shamanism is something that every culture has practiced, every culture practices. So if you're drawn to this work, do some research, like find the ceremonies, find the sacred things like the sweat lodge that belong to your lineage, because mm-hmm. there's something mm-hmm. like that, um, something that might be comparable. Don't take from some other culture that's not yours, you know? You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. His name is Ben. My name's Adam. We're speaking on the line with Jessica Rippenberg of Be the Light Shamanic Healing. What are some of the situations where you might be called in to help? I have an interesting story, and I I share it cautiously only because, like I said, it's kind of not like the thing that I put out there, like, I do this and you should call me if you want me to help you with this. I'm I'm game. So I had a client that um, had a spirit in, in their house. It would always act up when their granddaughter came for a visit. Scary for this young girl. It was, it was just a little unsettling, I guess, for them. So they asked me for my help and I did a ceremony to speak with that spirit and I got some information about who she was and why she was there and I um, related that and then I helped the spirits to cross over into the light and um, so I gave the information to my clients and I did not know this but um, the, the homeowner she actually saw a medium as well regarding the same issue and that medium gave her the same information and um they didn't know this but between the medium and myself so we didn't know each other we didn't know that this woman was consulting both of us we both picked up on um the fact that there had been a a general store on their property um like a hundred plus years ago and there had been a bar and um they didn't know it there's no remains of these properties um there anymore but that there was a lot of activity um like spiritual activity 
because of that bar and because of that general store. And um, so we both gave her this information and she said, well, this is interesting because this medium said exactly what you said. And then she went to the historical society for her area and verified that there was indeed a store and a bar there at one time. So that was really interesting. Was it resolved? Did it, or did it take some, some kind of action Pretty much, I guess I would say it was resolved because a part that ceremony is about, um, you know, honoring that spirit and relaying any messages that it feels important to relay and then helping it to find its way out of like this stuck place of like this house that they have, you know, passed away in. In terms of like the the real life action that the clients had to take, there was a little bit of work that they had to do. Um, it was pretty simple. It was like a you know a few hours I think that they had to spend honoring that energy. And I guess it's gone. They haven't had any issues. The granddaughter has not had any weird feelings or experiences. Is this the main event? How would one know that they need to talk to you or that they that, that there is an issue in the first place? Speaking outside of like working with spirits like that, but also just in that realm of like the energy in my home is just really it's not good. It's making me feel depressed or sluggish or whatever. You know, we would we would talk to get really clear on what it is the person wants to bring in. And then I would um, help them through a ceremony to really clarify those intentions and to get any messages, um, you know, that they need to move forward. And then they would get a piece of uh, homework, if you will, something that they need to do in the physical reality um, to fully harness the energy of that work and to bring it into fruition this january is this a is this a good early spring cleaning kind of a a, is do is there someone or would someone consider something like this just to just to have a fresh start oh yeah i mean does the calendar mean anything to you in that way i guess with the the time of year yeah you know that's a really great question i think that Yes. And it doesn't have to be right. So I'd say, you know, for somebody that's listening to this in like April or beyond or whatever, you know, like know that you always have the ability and the option and the the power to kind of reset the energy in your home. But there is some significance around January. So there's this uh, there's this book that I keep reading. It's called Living in Gratitude by Angelus Arian. And it's a month-by-month guide. And I love what she says about January. She talks about the Roman god of Janus, who was a uh, two-headed god whose one head faced the past and the other faces the present and future. And so she talks a lot about, like, Um, You know, how do you learn and grow and like stand on the foundation of your past, like even when the past was challenging? And then how can you use that strength and that wisdom to look forward and then to, um, you know, to really thank and welcome those experiences and to realize that, you know, they have aided you to come to this place in your life where now you have new possibilities and opportunities. So, you know, um, this book is wonderful. She has a lot of really um, inspiring things to say about January and, and that exact process. And I know it's you know, it's easier said than done, especially coming out of 2020 where things were chaotic for most of us. And it's easy to say, oh, yeah, look at all the lessons you learned and all the things you gleaned from that. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, maybe look for one thing, look for one challenge that you faced that you got through and then recognize like, hey, that that actually made me a stronger person in some way or made me learn something that I you know, didn't know before. And now I'm going to take that and move forward. Um, so yeah, January is definitely a great time. And also anytime is great. I'm curious if, if you received a call 
from the incoming administration. Would you be willing to make the trip to the White House for a little oh, cleansing? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that sounds like a big job. <laughs> maybe, maybe could you get together with some of your shamanic friends and, and just each of you take a wing? Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> We're going to take a quick break for Phil's phone in, and then we'll be back to wrap it up with Jessica Rippenberg. It's time for Phil's phone in. Phil Plort is my business partner in Deacon Housing, president of Madison's Blimling & Associates, a dairy commodities consulting firm, a division of dairy.com, and host of the brand new podcast, The Dairy Download. Keeping an eye on the faraway and diverse markets is what he does. Seeing how it might affect real estate here in Madison is what he does for fun. Here he is with a look beyond the 608. Hey, Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. In 1978, Ronald Reagan famously said that inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. At the time, consumer price inflation was running at about 8% on the way to a high of 15% by March 1980. It took interest rates at 19% in July 1981, the seventh month of Reagan's first term, to bring the situation under control. 19%. Against that backdrop, it's easy to understand why some people get anxious about potential for runaway inflation. Are those fears stirring anew? By the numbers, inflation is quite tame. This week, the Bureau of Labor Statistics showed consumer price index up by 1.1% in December 2020 compared to December 2019. That's nothing. But interest rates are low, basically at zero. We've seen robust government stimulus to tide us through the pandemic, with more on the way. The amount of currency in circulation was up 15% year-over-year in December compared to 6% normally. The federal budget deficit is exploding. Commodity prices are up sharply over the past few months. Home prices are up quite a bit too, with the latest Case-Shiller Index showing values up by 8%, the hottest pace since 2014. Do we have too much money chasing too few goods? At some point, will interest rates have to climb to convince people to buy our bonds and slow down inflation? In my opinion, not anytime soon. Sure, we might see higher food prices here or strong home prices there, but overall economic growth is too lethargic or at least too fragile to create too much broad-based inflation. Indeed, fear of deflation is the reason we have zero interest rates and tons of money floating around. Yes, we'll have to be more mindful at some point. Interest rates will have to go up eventually, but eventually can be a long way down the road. That's all for now, Ben. Until the next time, this has been Phil with a view from Beyond the 608. Listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. You can find us online at in the 608.com. My name is Adam Elliott. He has been Anton. We've been speaking with Jessica Rippenberg with Be the Light Shamanic Healing. Jessica, it's been very enlightening. Uh, very, I've learned some new things today. So um, I want to thank you for that. Yeah, good. Oh, it was so much fun. Thank you. You, you have shined you have shined your light while being it <laughs> on, on us here in the studio. We will make a point to I will uh, collect those book titles from you and I can put yeah. some links to those in the show notes at in the 608.com adjacent season three episode one mm-hmm. perhaps this season will be a fresh start for us just as your new home could be a fresh start thanks to a shamanic cleansing where could folks go to find out more check out my website it's uh, be the light shamanic healing.com um, so that's a good place to, you know, kind of get a sense of what I do and who I am. I don't think I really have anything about space clearing on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's, you know, if it's not in regards to like an actual spirit or entity, I definitely help people with that um, often. And if it is in regards to that sort of thing, then it's a, it's a maybe. And if it's if I'm not the right fit, I know who is. Gotcha. Well, the the network of sh- of shaman, shaman <laughs> shamanic, <laughs> shamanic right. healers and and while it sounds like you may take the offer to go to Washington D.C., you mostly serve the the Madison area, correct? 
Well, I do a lot of stuff actually by Zoom. Um, oh, okay. By phone. So, you know, it's it's energy work. And, um, you know, so distance doesn't matter with this sort of work. Can you so, feel? Yeah. Can you feel energy over the over the Zoom? Yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And my clients can too. So, you know, for people that can are just like maybe a little more sensitive to it, like Ben, maybe you are, it sounds like. Maybe you might check this out, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, a lot of people do feel the energy shifting over the phone or over Zoom. So we thank you for your time, Jessica. It was lovely to have you on and lovely to get an idea of what, what, a, what a shamanic uh, a healer or practitioner or a cleanser, what, what that all means and how it can, how can, uh, how it can help, help us be our better selves. That's right. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It was, it was fun. I appreciate it. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Medicine's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name's Adam. His name is Ben. You can find us on the line at In the 608. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast, Ben. But what was that? That was Jessica Rippenberg. Mother hen of Roost Realty, mm-hmm. former former mother hen of Roost Realty, and shamanic uh, practitioner. Yeah, be the light shamanic healing is the game she got into post real estate. Um, it's really interesting stuff that she's got there because, like, I mean, we talked about like that feeling that you get when you go into a place, like, oh, this could be my home. I think it kind of like it starts there and builds. Right, and, and if if yeah. a house if a house has bad juju, she you know she talked about. And see, here's here's the thing. If you were to buy a house that was already nice, mm-hmm. but it had bad juju, what you, you, need, you need her. You need her, right. Yeah. If you buy a house that has bad juju, but it's a dump, <laughs> I think literally the, the intent, she talked about it a little bit, like the physical act right. of, and intention of cleansing that home physically and spiritually can happen that anyone could do that. Yep. But if, yeah, if you bought a house that was already nice, but it just had, it was off, something wasn't right. Yeah. That's not exactly like making it your own when you do like your own home improvements to make it your own. Yeah. Like if you've made it your own, you may very well have made it your own. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, she had a lot of good stuff there. I liked the the reset, the energy. She can help you with that. If there's feeling just like, ah, this place isn't working for some reason or another, there could just be a reset. she can do it by a Zoom. So if you just want to have (laughs) a little... No, that was the most impressive part. You just want to have an energy double check here at the beginning of the year? (laughs) Hop on Zoom, man. Well, this is interesting stuff. I mean, I learned today. I came into this not knowing, well, one, how to pronounce shamanic in the first place, but we're what, on it what, now. what exactly that is. I think we're on it now. Yeah, <laughs> at, we, we at, worked our cadence in there. Excellent. The newsletter is a place where you can go to find more information. Newsletter is a place I'd love to see a sign up. But honestly, are you really going to do it? Because none of you can even leave me a review. I'm not even going to bother talking about the newsletter. <laughs> Don't be harsh. Now be nice when you ask them if they All right. do it this comes, It us. comes. It's called the 22nd, 22nd read. <laughs> and it comes on the 22nd, written in easy to digest segments, taking no longer than 20 seconds to read. And they're fun. It's good. You know. It's a good It's a good way if, if you miss the podcast or you just want a little market update mid-month. There it's a nice go. little light bit of information. Um, with some thanks definitely going out here. One to uh, Jessica Rippenberg, again, of Be the Light Shamanic Healing uh, for informing us and, and sharing her stories and information with us. Um, thanks to you, Ben, of course, uh, for being here today. Thanks to the musicians, uh, the In the 608 musicians. Uh, you'll notice the addition of the Oak Street Ramblers uh, this time around, in addition to Ren Claw and El Donk. Bob Westfall, Seesaw. And the Mad City Jug Band. Yes. And we didn't mention, we talked about if Seesaw bought a house that they should have a Seesaw in front of it. They spell Seesaw, S-E-A, Ooh. S-A-W, is the band name, but the S-E-E-S-A-W toy is what they need in their front I yard. still think if we found a house with a C-E-E saw, <laughs> that it would be necessary, like that would be it. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. Or if like the whole house is like built on a Seesaw, that would really be the one. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but but wouldn't it? I don't think it's going to pass inspection. <laughs> Thank you, of course, to you for tuning in today to Real Estate in the 608. Thank we do you, app- listeners. We appreciate you being here. Uh, have a good one, Ben. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough real estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608, 
or visit in-the-608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via email to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. And come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game? You're always playing at your favorite arcade. Could be taking names, and we could be record breaking. Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather me And we could be. singing you this waiting song